Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's go in-depth on Iowa State with the Des Moines Register. It's time time for for Cyclone Insider on 1460 KXNO. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Cyclone Insider Radio Hour from the Des Moines Register here on 106.3 FM and 1460 KXNO. I'm Travis Hines. He's Randy Peterson coming to you on this Monday evening off a Iowa State football media day, and more notably, I would imagine, another round of conference realignment that has now seen the Big 12 12 swell to 16 teams. Randy, plenty to talk about about Iowa State football, plenty to talk about the gambling probe and media day from last week, but I think we would be remiss to not start with – this real new wave of realignment that sees Arizona, Arizona state and Utah join Colorado and the other remaining eight big 12 or how many are there? 12 other remaining 12 big 12 schools uh, as soon as next year or at, will be next year uh, with the PAC 12 failing to extend their TV deal. Lots to talk about. You spoke with Iowa state athletic director, Jamie Pollard earlier today about the the move. First, let's start with what, you and Jamie talked about, and then we'll get into your thoughts on what the the future of the Big 12 and college athletics as a whole looks like. Yeah, excuse me. Um, Jamie sounded relieved that this is that this is done. Um, he sounded like the the hard maybe the the hard part isn't over yet. The the, the the nuts and bolts now of of the conference, what it's, it's going to look like. In other words, what how many conference games are played and and the schedules going forward with a sixteen team conference. Um, that's a whole new. Um, no, that's a whole another concern. And he said, "I said, I said, when do you have any kind of timeline on when that that could happen?" And he said, "He said not everybody has even sat down in the same room yet." That's how that's how how fluid this this thing has been and um, how suddenly it, it was. I don't mean suddenly put together, but how fast everything came to fruition. So I, I assume in the next couple of weeks, everybody will get together in the same room um, because, like Jamie said, they, he said he ideally they'd have this the schedule, the next year's schedules done by um by and now this seems odd that he said this, but done by by fall or at least early winter, um, that would be imp- an improvement over this year because I think it was later when we got the schedules. But uh, at any rate, um, he was he was relieved that it's done. Um, basketball's the the low hanging fruit in this respect. I think the fact that it's a uh, um, the best conference in the country got better, and, and I. I felt it's interesting. I asked Jamie what he's looking for, 
among the things he's looking for in this new conference, which starts in the 2024-2025 academic year, academic year, and among the things, and he started he, right away. Right away, he um, he kind of chuckled and said, "I can go to a big, I can go to the big tw- a Big Twelve basketball tournament that's already been great, but it's going to be greater, or, or or something along along those lines." Because as a member of the committee, he couldn't go. He's in the um, He's sequestered in Indianapolis. I presume that's where it is with the NCAA selection committee. So he's off the conference now. Um, so that's that's kind of the, the the gist of of what we talked about. Cyhawk, he'd like to keep it going, um, but who knows? Depending on how many conference games they play, I think there's probably room for it. I think even if they go to ten conference games, there's there's room. Um, for Cyhawk, and it's the same thing in Iowa City. The big, the Big Ten. I don't even. What do they have now? I can't remember now. Eighteen, um, starting in two thousand twenty-four, twenty-five, something like that. Um, you know, if they, if they go, if they go ten, um, ten conference games. It, I don't know. It, it could be tricky, but they've got there's there's verbiage in the conference or in, in the in the contract that says if the conference essentially. And I'm paraphrasing, but it says that the conferences, um, if there's additions to the conference, then the the contract, the Iowa Iowa State contract, can be can become null and void. So we'll see how <clears throat> we'll see how that progresses. We can just keep our fingers crossed that the um, the Cyhawk series continues. But but all in all, I think my overall impression from talking to, to Jamie is that is that the Big 12 conference is not dead. And I asked him point blank. I gave him a chance to to go bunkers on, on the people that said the conference was dead in 2010, 2011, 2000 and whatever, um, you know, a while back. And, and I gave him every opportunity to blast those people. And he said, no, he's not. He said, quote, he's not spiking the ball in the end zone. So he knows there's still work to do, and he knows that Iowa State was in, and he actually said it. Iowa State was, or the Big 12 and Iowa State was in the same situation that Washington State, Oregon State, who else? Um, Utah State and, and Cal are in right now. The four remaining teams of a big of a Pac-12 that's 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 burning um, badly. So he was he was he was relieved that it's done, but he now knows there's 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 a lot of work going forward. Yeah, I, mean, I think <clears throat> there's a lot to unpack here, and I think certainly if you're in Iowa State's position and you were very close to being in Washington State and Oregon State's position on a number of different occasions, it is probably very easy to have empathy for the situation that they find themselves in, and like. Two things can be true at the same time. The Big 12 going back to Bob Bullsby all the way through to just last week and Brett Yormark and the rest of the league deserve a ton of credit for building back as quickly and as decisively as they did with Texas and Oklahoma leaving. But it's also true that you probably can't do that if the the Pac-12 is more aggressive, a little smarter, a little less naive, and a little more nimble in – understanding the landscape that they were in because the big 12 was hobbled two years ago and the pac 12 by a number of reports probably could have decimated the league or at least made it situation even worse decided not to do that and now you know the big the big 12 got a hold of the wheel and overtook 
the Pac-12 and you know, ran them off the road because the Pac-12, whatever version it looks like going forward, is is not what it was. Certainly, um, you know, Cal and Stanford are probably going to go their separate ways from Washington State and Oregon State, I would imagine. But who, who knows at this point? But yeah, I would I would imagine when you got that close to the edge, you know, hubris is probably not something you want to uh, back into. And I don't think that anyone in the big 12 that I've seen anyway has gone in that direction. I think they realize how close they were and you know, how bold they had to be on a number of fronts to pull this off. And, you know, I think they deserve credit, but you know, make no mistake, Randy, this, this last week, these last 10 years, these last 25 years have been bad for college sports, in my opinion, to likely where we're headed. And that's the other part of this is if you're one of these, if you're the majority of these big 12 schools, do you want to get overly excited when you can look five, 10, 15 years down the line and the, the four 16 team super conferences we were all talking about in 2010 suddenly looks like potentially one 30 or 35 team super conference going forward because the consolidation here seems pretty apparent in that this is going to continue save some sort of intervention either at the federal level or at the NCAA level that if this is all about TV, which obviously it is, then TV would much prefer to be paying 30 schools than the 65 or 85 that they're paying now, whatever the, the power five or, whatever it is now constituted as. So the, I, today is a good day if you are in the Big 12, but I don't think it takes a ton of foresight to to look ahead and say, we're in a good place today, but what does this look like going forward and how do you start maneuvering towards that? And that'll be the story of college athletics over the next five or 10 years as Congress gets involved, as the Supreme Court gets involved, as NIL, NIL evolves. You know, there's, there's so much at play here that it's, this is not the end. This is just the end of a chapter. Certainly. Yeah. That's a, that's a great point. And and as you, as you were talking there, Travis, I was thinking back to a story that you wrote um, a while back and um, (laughs) anyway, do you get, do you get political um, text messages on your phone? I chuckle every time I get them. I just got one. Um, This goes back to a conversation the story that you wrote a while back about that you talked to somebody actually talking about how how conference how conferences nationally or schools nationally could go to the the NFL model which what thirty teams in in a conference or just the top thirty two just the top thirty two teams I believe as what you wrote in 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 one division and like you said this is the end of a chapter what's the next chapter we sure as hell don't know but. That that very well could be it. What exactly what you wrote a year ago or, or two? Yeah, I mean, I think again, it is a good day if you're the Big Twelve. But you look at you see schools like Stanford and Cal getting left behind. You see schools like Oregon State and Washington State getting left behind. And you know, as some of our national colleagues have looked at this and already said, you know, at what point? does Ohio state get sick of paying the bills at Rutgers? At what point does Alabama get sick of paying the bills at Vanderbilt? And this thing reconstitutes itself around football powers. And I think those are, those are real questions, but you know, the name of this game, unless you're Alabama, unless you're Ohio state, 
you know, the blue bloods are there and close. The name of the game is survival, right? The big 12 survived two years, 11 years ago, 12 years ago to fight another day. They survived two years ago to fight another day. And they're here now. Like that is the first, the headline of the day. The big 12 is surviving. The PAC 12 is not. So that is undoubtedly the most important thing. And you can go from feeling good about yourself. You know, I remember Randy, you and I were in Dallas watching Bob Bullsby at the podium saying, you know, how great the conference was and that they've never been more united. And then I think what, 48 hours later, it leaked out that Texas and Oklahoma were on their way out the door. And you can be at your absolute lowest. Remember when Bob Bowlesby was talking to you on the phone, absolutely hammering ESPN for interference and, and now ESPN and Fox are ponying up to keep the big 12 and basically decimate the PAC 12. So things can change in a hurry. Living to fight another day is and cash another check is the name of the game uh, for these athletic departments. So we'll see where it goes, but again, it's hard not to look ahead and, if you like the quirkiness, the uh, regionalness, regiality, I don't know, I'm going to make up a word there, of college sports. If you like rivalries, if you like the the weirdness that I think has drawn a lot of people to college sports, the collegiality, for lack of a better term, you know, I, I think that is going to continue to, I think it's obvious that that is going to continue to erode. And eventually we're going to be looking at, you know, NFL light, you know, and in almost every sense of the word where, you know, the obvious answer is football probably needs to be extricated from the rest of the NCAA structure because it is its total own thing. And then well, are, and, you, and, are and, you going to be getting into revenue sharing? Are athletes going to be employees? You know, are there going to be antitrust lawsuits? I mean, we just who the hell knows where this goes, uh, but it, it's going to be messy would be my best guess. And that may already be starting if, in fact, um, it was kind of a, I don't know whether it was it was uh, um, explored in depth very much, but at the at Big Twelve Media Days. But your mark said either either on the podium or on the side something about he referenced something about having separate. I mean, the, basketball having its own separate big contract. I mean, uh, um, network network contract. So I. I you know, I don't think reporters pressed him enough on that, including myself. Um, but that that could be interesting to see where that goes. But yeah, I agree with you. Um, schools could be breaking apart, and and football and basketball could be could be breaking apart. I mean, even maybe farther than what some people may think it is right now. Yeah, there, there's a million different directions it can go, but certainly. If you're an Iowa State fan, which I imagine there's a few of them listening to this, you have to feel at one on one side, I would imagine the overwhelming emotion is relief and excitement that you're on the winning side at the moment of this conference realignment. But it's got to be real hard to look west and see like, you know, Randy, we ran the numbers two years ago. We ran the numbers 11 years ago about the financial hit of going from the Big 12 to the mountain West or the whack, you know, back then, like all these things you're talking about 75, 80% less TV money. And that completely alters an athletic department and a lot of lives um, for really, you know, for, for a long time, it'll be interesting to see what Washington state and Oregon state do. It'll be, I think Cal and 
Stanford will probably figure it out just given their, you know, Stanford has, I think, the biggest or one of the biggest endowments in academia. Obviously, you know, they're they're a huge USA, Team USA Olympic feeder, Cal much the same in the huge California region system. So I'm, I'm assuming they'll figure something out one way or another. But you look at Washington State and Oregon State and that, man, that is a tough place to be. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what they do. Like you said, Stanford will figure it out. Um, yeah, do they do they join the the Mountain West like you suggested? Do they join the WAC? <clears throat> um, I don't know. I mean, I, and Jamie quote Jamie was was quoted. I don't know a long time ago, ten years ago, fifteen years ago, whatever it was, and saying that I was that Iowa State could could be in. What did he say? The far west, the Mountain West, or something. The Mountain like West, yeah. He, he said they very well could be in the Mountain West Conference if things don't fall together. So, like you said, I think the headline of the day is, or the weekend, or the or the moment at least is is if you're a Big Twelve, it's it's we survive, and they did. And and say what you want to about Brett Yarmark, but once again, his he his the fact that he. Um, budged in line and and got a new TV contract earlier than than what earlier earlier than what they could have. That's what set this ball rolling, and that's that's eventually people are wondering why the Pac-12 imploded. Dude, that's a great start right there. Just look at look at the what Brett Yarmark did to the TV contract and what the the Pac-12 didn't do i mean the 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 big 12 was proactive and the pac 12 certainly was not yeah it's not hard to draw a distinction or a, a parallel between how the big 12 reacted to losing to a, its two flagship institutions versus how the pac 12 reacted you know the big 12 goes out immediately grabs the in their view the four best available uh expansion candidates and i think you know they probably got if it wasn't four for four it was damn close um, to solidify the conference. They're aggressive in getting the media deal done, whereas the Pac-12 kind of sat on its hands. You know, Again, there's reporting that they had an opportunity to poach, merge, kill, however you want to look at it. The Big 12 decided not to do it and then drug its feet in getting the media deal done while the Big 12 was running around getting things done and setting themselves up to look like an attractive option if things fell apart and it's, it's not hard to draw that line that the big 12 played its cards, frankly, like had worse cards first, almost helped them that, that they were the first league to get poached so they could be proactive. Um, and then the pac 12 did not play its cards very well. And again, it's uh, it's led us to this situation, which We'll see how long this situation lasts. You know, it's, it feels like the status quo in uh, college sports has not existed for quite a while because things change so fast. And I anticipate, again, that it's going to be that way for a while, whether it is expansion, realignment, or NIL, or federal legislation, or Supreme Court rulings on uh, revenue sharing and potential employee status. That there's just a lot out there. And Obviously, these moves are happening with a distinct understanding of that backdrop, which makes it all the more fascinating. Also fascinating, to an extent, was Iowa State's football media day last week. 
When we come back on the Cyclone Insider Radio Hour, Randy and I will talk a little bit of Iowa State football as it looks to regroup after last year's four and eight season with uh, you know quite a bit of change on the horizon. Everything you need to know about Iowa State, it's Cyclone Insider with the Des Moines Register on 1460 KXNO. Welcome back to the Cyclone Insider Radio Hour from the Des Moines Register here on 106.3 FM and 1460 KXNO. He's Randy Peterson. I'm Travis Hines. If you missed our discussion in the first segment about realignment and the Big 12 getting to 16 teams starting next year and the Pac-12 potentially ceasing to exist as we know it, be sure to check out the podcast version of the show, wherever it is you get the podcasts. Listen whenever you want. Subscribe, and it'll just be in your feed whenever you want it to be or whenever we finish up. Uh, we're going to switch gears now, though. Uh, Iowa State met the media, or at least Matt Campbell and seven of his players did, on Friday, just, what, 72 hours removed from criminal complaints that alleged Three current and or former Iowa State football players bet on Iowa State football games. Obviously, the most of note here is Hunter Deckers, a returning starting quarterback, who late Tuesday night announced he was stepping away from the team for fall camp. Randy, I think both you and I would be surprised if we see Hunter Deckers in an Iowa State uniform, certainly this year and and maybe ever again. It's These are hard things or situations to, to return from, but we'll have to let that play out. But for... In the immediate term, I think everyone is expecting Rocco Becht or J.J. Cole to lead Iowa State from the quarterback position. Um, In terms of the gambling stuff, I don't think we learned a lot from Iowa State, and understandably so, on Friday. Is there anything you want to touch on there, or do you want to talk quarterbacks? Well, let's just go to one thing. The the only news of the day, the only news of the day was was Jirel Brock. Um, He's not practicing. so and Campbell was asked why, and he he did he did not give an answer. He just said he's not practicing. So assume what you want there. So I'm assuming that that Iowa State will start the season without its starting quarterback from last year and without the guy who it's leading rusher from a year ago. But Cartavius Norton right now is healthy. It sounds like Eli um, Sanders is healthy. Um, the running backs are healthy. So yeah, it's. Uh, um, it's, 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 it's going to be a nice, it's going to be a nice fall practices to see who comes out on top of those. But like you said, in the, in the quarterback position, that's the position that most people like to look at. It, it's usually the, the leader that usually, um, perceived as a, as the, the leader of the team. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Neither, neither, uh, Rocco Beck or JJ Cole have experienced leading this team as quote unquote, actually leading the team. Um, I'm not so sure Hunter Deckers did either, although he was starter. I don't know how much of a leader he was, but we've heard that both Becht and and JJ Cole have had good off seasons. I guess we'll see how that, how that plays out going forward. Um, but I mean, Iowa state against Northern Iowa in the opener, it's going to be, um, very interesting to see what happens in that game. And as I, as all or most recent Iowa State and Northern Iowa games are interesting. So um, I I think you mentioned it. You, you snidely said something to Campbell about we were talking about depth charts. 
last Friday at Media Day. Uh, hey, hey um, he brought it up, not me. That's I, what I mean. He I brought it. That's what I mean. Campbell snacks. brought it. Campbell brought up depth charts, and then boom, here comes this quiet, shy voice from I don't mean shy from Travis Eyes and says, and says well, they don't mean anything anyway. And Campbell only started laughing, so he gets it too. But yeah, we'll see a depth chart. I don't know when two weeks the the Monday bef- Monday or Tuesday before I, the I would uh, Randy I I would bet your salary there is an or next to the quarterback names I would, if and when that uh, Decker's name will be on it too <laughs> not, that I doubt but the other two there will be an or I will bet your salary and there'll be there'll be multiple ors at, yes. the, at the running back position too oh yeah and there'll be yes exactly and they'll be that way throughout the season so yeah I mean again like it is what it is for Iowa State they're having to. You know, we saw Hunter Deckers play in the spring game as the starting quarterback. All indications were that he was on pace to be the starting quarterback, um, you know, however they feel about Cole or Beck. So this is – they're having to work on the fly. I think, obviously, the speculation around this had been pretty strong since May, and we saw them go out and sign a quarterback in late May or whenever that was when they signed Tanner Hughes. Like So they, this is not a total surprise, I wouldn't think. Uh, to the Iowa State football staff, but you know, they've only been able to practice, you know, as of last Friday, two times. So they can do all the work that they want in the meeting room and in the weight room. But this is really their first chance to give Beck and Cole, you know, the chance to really go out and prove themselves to the coaching staff, to their teammates, and get themselves to where they're able to go out and, and take the field on September second as a starting quarterback. And that's that's a tough spot to be in, but certainly not in. One that you cannot overcome. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, how those guys play. I mean, Rocco Beck, again, I think they think he's got some intangibles that could make him a a winning football player. And I think obviously JJ Cole's recruitment and everything we've heard from the staff about him and his measurables, you'll put him in this where you can project out that same kind of thing. Um, but again, we we're not going to know until September second, and I imagine. Um, that will not – anytime you have a new starting quarterback, that it always feels like a trial period, right? Like, what is the hook going to come? Are they going to be able to hold on to the job? And so I, I imagine uh, this will be a situation that will be a big part of what Iowa State football looks like, you know, at least into the early weeks of the college football season, which at the Des Moines Register we will have all the coverage you could possibly hope for. That's all we've got for this show today. He's Randy Peterson. I'm Travis Hines. This has been the Cyclone Insider Radio Hour from the Des Moines Register here on 106.3 FM and 1460 KXML. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.